0: on local now, channel five twenty
1: five. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Breathe in a big, whopping wallop of oxygen into your nose. Ah, I smell earning season, and maybe a little bit of pollen in my nose too. <laughs> Oh boy, um, earnings season, right? It's here. Um, the Dow's up slightly, the NASDAQ's up slightly, the SP 500's down slightly. The markets aren't reacting yet, but it will in the next couple of days, the next couple of weeks. There's some big ones out there. Earnings season typically lasts about three and a half weeks, in my opinion. Bank of America, United Airlines, Abbott Labs, and CentOS all top quarterly earnings expectations. That's pretty interesting. The one that I find the most interesting there is Cintas. They make and uh, sell uniforms and tablecloths for all sorts of of industry, particularly service industries, particularly service industries. The top quarterly earnings expectations. CSX and U.S. Bancorp missed quarterly expectations. Iran, Iran denied that it's prepared to negotiate on its missile program, as it was said to be yesterday by Secretary of State Pompeo. Man, I don't know what you think, but I feel like the Trump administration, they got some people that shouldn't be there. I'm not saying Pompeo in particular, but there's some problems going on. New video of Donald Trump and the guy accused Epstein of mm, sex trafficking and going after young women. Video showed them back in the 90s uh, at a party in Florida and Trump creepily Looking at cheerleaders and going, that one's kind of hot. I don't know. That kind of stuff never ages well. And the two of them laughing with each other about it. So that's out there. And pick your friends. They say you can pick your nose and you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your friend's nose. Pick your friends carefully. The EU is opening up an investigation of Amazon.com for anti-competitive conduct. That's interesting of note because the EU seems to do what the United States should do. They're mad at Facebook. They're mad at Amazon. They're mad at the way Apple pays taxes or doesn't pay taxes. So building permits come out uh, for the month of June, and they were weaker than expected. Building permits are all about uh, people who swing hammers for a living, and I have nothing but mad respect for that. I, myself, can't do that. But with that being said, uh, well, I can, I can swing a hammer. just not as good as some men can swing hammers. So it's all about future jobs and future work. So tonight we are going to get earnings from IBM and Netflix. Thursday, it's going to be um, Honeywell and Taiwan Semiconductor as well as United Health. Taiwan Semiconductor is going to tell us the health of electronics and uh, gadgets. United Health is going to tell us the health of America. And uh, Thursday, I think we're going to get Microsoft. No, Honeywell, Taiwan Semiconductor, and United Health are in the morning. And Microsoft's after the close. Microsoft's hitting all time highs.
0: All-time high.
1: Housing starts to decline nine tenths of a percent. Building permits declined 6.1%. Is housing going into a recession? That's going to tell you that there's going to be fewer homes if they are not building them. It's going to tell you if you put your house on market for sale, there's going to be fewer homes up there. Now, keep in mind, permits tend to look about six months into the future. And if you look six months into the future now, that's kind of like smack dab in the middle of Christmas. Some people would say that's seasonal. But it's 6% down month to month. I'm telling you there's a big slowdown. It takes a while to get a permit. And then once to get a permit, it takes a while to get the, the goods ordered and the, the people hired. So, what else do we have out there? Majority of second quarter earnings reports so far have been better than expected. That's kind of a funny thing to say out loud because, to me, corporations do a thing kind of under-promising and over-delivering. Or, let's say they say, we're going to make $0.10 cents or in the next 90 days, and then about 60 days out, 30 days away from the reporting, they're going to be like, well, we need to lower that to $0.08, cents. and then they come out and hit $0.09, cents. so... They missed their first expectation, but they hit their second one. It's kind of bogus, in my opinion. It's financial engineering. Muted response so far to earnings results. Um, That's pretty obvious to me what's what's going on there. The markets had a big run-up on interest rate cut expectations. That big run-up has caused us to be hung over a bit and looking for a super catalyst instead of just a catalyst. These earnings reports should be enough to move us a little higher but not after the big run-up we've had. Good news is already priced in. It took so long to make it, and I'll never have that recipe again. It's it's baked-in expectations. Are you with me? Reservations based on the understanding that earnings guidance hasn't been uniformly good. So there has been some... It's an odd time. The CEO of CSX, its big train company, we got a big old train running down the track. Um, he's saying it's it's one of the stranger environments he's been in. It's trains make a lot of money moving cars across the across the border across the country. They make a lot of money moving coal, but coal's kind of trash when ga- natural gas prices are so low. Why use coal? So there's a wait and see on earnings reports. There's also a kind of a uncertainty pertaining the U.S.-China trade situation. Although, I have to be honest with you, I'm happy I haven't talked about it since kind of like into June, right? It's just not developing and it's not percolating, so to speak. I you're saying, good use of the word percolation. I know. What do you think I am? Chopper liver? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. One investment manager is talking about... The specter of a Democratic president. And I was thinking about this as I was driving in today to work. It's a 25-mile drive, so it's a long drive for me. It's a long haul. I'm not a long haul trucker. Don't want to be. I don't think that life looks glamorous at all. Unless you have a monkey with you and you do a TV show for NBC called BJ and the Bear with Greg Evigan. Who came up with these TV shows in the late 70s, early 80s? Um, it was about a good looking trucker who went from town to town. I don't think you ever got to see his cargo. So for all we know, he was like delivering nuclear missiles or monkeys, but he had a monkey in his his, his cap with him, and the monkey would help him solve crimes and stuff like that. I know you're saying, that guy should have been fired. No, you know the guy who should have been fired for coming up with a concept to pitch it to his bosses was the guy who came up with Hogan's Heroes. It's a a prison camp in Nazi Germany, and it's got all sorts of uh, prisoners from different countries. The French guy likes Strudel, you know how it goes, and it's a comedy. Who came up with a, that pitch to tell his bosses, yeah, I got this great idea. We're going to do a comedy set in a prison camp. Okay. And it basically, the comedy was that the Germans were just so stupid that, you know, the Americans and the, the allies were able to build tunnels underneath the prison camp and actually enjoy a good life. None of them went to the gas chamber. That's the only thing that's not true about that story, Right. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves, weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW, and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or kdow.biz. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, what you can talk about. Formula E, the first major battery electric motorsports series, wrapped up its fifth season in brooklyn over the weekend came down to the wire it's electric racing cars essentially Um, sebastian bohemi crossed the finish line for the first team nissan e while robin fujon of envision virgin racing took the checkered flag the next day so it has all the makings of formula one but the cars are sexy they're relevant they're mainstream and they don't run gasoline or rocket fuel within conversation five years ago no one thought this would have lasted more than two years formula e is logged on with season six now on the horizon it's not like women's soccer leagues or women basketball leagues in the united states where when they start up everyone's like well okay this isn't gonna last and then you're 10 15 seasons into and you're like oh good for that it did last nissan launched the world's first mainstream battery electric vehicle the leaf a decade ago so there's a growing trend here And they're making it pretty interesting because they're changing the rules as they go along. They're making it a little bit more like Mario Kart. They're trying to get it to appeal to the younger generation um, where you can vote for. It's clearly influenced by social media and video gaming. Twice during each race, drivers must swerve through activation zones, triggering a four-minute power boost. And the five drivers scoring the most likes online get an additional 45-second boost. Drivers have to balance those boosts against the energy that'll suck down their, their battery. Some have left with batteries drained before the end of the race, running 45 minutes plus one additional lap. It's pretty fascinating how this is playing out. And again, I, I throw it out there because baseball attendance is down four years in a row. And it's, it's just a boring... The, the fact that people love oh it's there's a guy at the radio station i love him his name's ross and he likes the grass and he likes the hot dogs and he he likes the experience of it all and if you go to a game it's that's not really what's selling anymore it's the sushi it's the everyone's on their phone everyone's trying to capture a moment it's the selfie with uh lucille so that's out there so stimulus is fading in the united states fed can't ignore stagnant global growth that's why the Fed's going to lower interest rates. Right now, it doesn't feel like we're in a recession, but we're heading to one, and it's in the best interest of the Federal Reserve to keep us out of. It's in the best interest to keep us out of a recession because the more we're paying in taxes, the more we can finance our economy. The more our economy goes, the more we pay in taxes. So, uh, it's out there. It would be nice if we'd pay down some of our debt, but I just get the feel that's never going to happen again. House Democrats and a handful of Republicans vote to condemn Trump's tweets as racist. Uh, That's all I can say. That's all I can say. I can't say anything else on it. ESG, socially responsible. Uh, Funds may soothe your conscience, but could weaken your portfolio. A lot of people don't like investing socially. Some people love it. Um, My goal when it comes to investing is to get you to retirement, and I don't care how I do it. I'm not going to... Say that I'm going to do it with cigarettes and missiles. But if I had to do it with cigarettes and missiles, I would do it. Uh, fortunately, I don't have to. But I have to lose, leave my conscience behind. Now, I work with a radio station that I have to be careful what I say. Because I kind of represent them on some levels. You know what I'm saying? That's out there. Bank of America. This is one of the headlines out there that catches my attention. You may like headlines like 18th century jug found buried under avalanche of dead bodies that may be your thing i don't know my headlines are Ooh, bank of america's gonna boost their dividend 20 percent they're gonna increase the buybacks some gentlemen prefer blondes some gentlemen prefer champagne i prefer dividend increases and stock buybacks some people don't like buybacks. They think the company should do more to invest in the future versus uh, buying back shares and lowering their share account. It's probably, to own Apple, you could say they've got a ton of cash to buy back shares and to buy back and up their dividend. That, that's certainly out there. Buying back their shares makes it easy. If they don't ever grow their revenue, it makes it easy for them to increase their earnings per share. But wise people go, oh, you're not growing your revenue. Bank of America announced it's going to return $37 billion to shareholders over the next 12 months. That stock's up today. Through share repurchases and dividends as part of that plan, the Money Center Bank says it plans to increase its dividend by 20%. That's a big raise. Now, banks have been handcuffed a little bit because the Federal Reserve, back in the Great Recession, a couple banks failed. You may famously remember um, Jim Cramer telling people to buy bear Stearns, Buy, 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 buy. Buy, 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 buy. And the next day, the company goes bankrupt and goes out of business. And John Stewart got all over him and kind of made him a whipping boy, so to speak. Um, wow, you know what's really weird? When I said whipping boy, I instantly said, did I just say something racist? Did I just say something controversial? We now live in that world where I, I have to almost instantly edit myself. Hmm. The grim reality of millennials. There's a great story on millennials that millennials who live with their parents that's got to stink. Um, for a lot of millennials, though, it's both embarrassing and a necessity. And one of the quotes that I love is, I'm an only child, so it's just my parents and me. <laughs> Anything communal like a cell phone bill, cable, food at home, vacations, my parents will pay for. But I pay for lunch, and I pay for my own Netflix. Ha, ha, ha. Food at home, parents pay for. Lunch, I pay for. That's humbling. Roughly half of the younger millennials and Generation Z members expect to be financially independent in their early 20s. And over 90% of parents surveyed expect their kids to be financially independent by the age of 25. And despite a decade-long expansion of the economy and record low unemployment, studies suggest that between 60 and 70% of 18- to 34-year-olds rely on their parents for financial assistance. Oh, man, times have changed. My mom used to say to me... uh, I got you to 18, you're on your own. And I think there's some truth that like, things change, right? Student loans and rising rents don't help the millennials. We put them in a bad situation. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black show, Twitter Rob Black show. New Focus Financial has launched a new website. Go take a look at it. Let me know what you think of it. It took way too long to launch, but you can find it at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. CFP Chad Burton does the show right before mine. And I got an email from someone recently who was asking, what exactly did Chad say about an annuity? And I said, well, here's his email address. You can email him. I don't know. And then uh, I talked to the people at New Focus, um, it's, that's the financial planning firm that Chad and I started 20-plus years ago. Um, long story short, it turns out this guy's been asking questions for the last eight or nine years. And something I want to warn you about, don't try to do what Chad does on your own. I know that sounds like do business with him, sales pitch. It's not. It's You're going to hurt yourself. I, I, someone from New Focus looked into how many times he's contacted the company. There was like 80-plus attempts to talk to each other. And then that's, that's, too much. And like, he was gonna become a client. He didn't become a client. He was going to sign paperwork. He didn't sign paperwork, but he keeps listening. And he, he's like, he's trying to do it on his own. Be very cautious. If you do it on your own, I don't recommend it to the point that I, I'm like, you got to cut this guy off. Cause ultimately if you say something like, I say things like I own shares of Apple I'm not gonna tell you the day I sell shares of Apple. It could be next week. That I'm on vacation. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying I'm gonna sell Apple next week, but you have to be really careful trying to emulate what other people do. It's typically not a very good idea, in my opinion. You have to be very, 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 very cautious on that. Um, you know, there's a guy who does a radio show on this day that I've known for years and years and years and years. Moen, sorry. And he runs a company called Compaq Asset Management. And 20 years ago, it was pretty interesting because he was on a radio station that I was on. I was getting paid to do radio. He was paying to do radio. And I, I saw him and it, he told me that I was like, what's, in, what's, what's up with the name Compaq? And uh, his radio show was all about commodities and the fact that he's Pakistani. So he's like, oh, you should go out and buy oil. You know, you should get commodities in your portfolio. Commodities back 20 years ago paid a ton in commissions. And um, I think smartly and wisely, he dropped that from his business model, and he kind of became a CFP business model. I don't, I don't listen to his show. I know it's on our station. Um, but I know that he has financial planners on his show. And I know that I, I, it sounded, last time I heard it was probably five plus years ago, and it was a pretty good show. Like, he did a good job. Uh, producing it and He has a good sound If you know what I'm saying um, But you have to be very very careful Because what you don't know can hurt you um, One of the things he says then I, I hate the way he says this Because I hear it in the commercials of, uh, Do you know what to do in an up market? Do you know what to do in a down market? I do That's a little too arrogant for me But that's okay um, But yeah I, I've known him a long time And he used to be a commodity salesperson So sometimes things change and what I'm trying to get at is is be very, very cautious, um, whether it's you hear a stock tip from a friend or you, you hear about an option strategy or you hear about, you know, I could pay off my mortgage with an extra payment every month. Yeah, you can, but you don't have to pay someone to do that. Um, you need to come up with your own strategy, in my opinion, and try not to mooch free advice from people because it, it's not, it's not good advice when you do that. It's out, of, it's out of context, out of context with you, and out of context when they change their mind and change their opinions. So be cautious. Let's bring in CFP, Chad Burton. Now, Certified Financial Planner, Chad Burton. Joining me now, Certified Financial Planner, Chad Burton. He's with New Focus Financial. Find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. He's a certified financial planner. One of the issues on retirement, Chad, I look at risk. There's market risk. There's political risk. There's uh, currency risk. There's headline risk. There's earnings risk. There's inflation risk. There's lots of types of risk. But in retirement, I think there's five. There's timing risk. When do the lower or down returns occur? There's market risk, lower overall returns. A lot of people look at the last 10 years and say, uh, people over 60, they're just not going to expose their assets to to risk anymore. And risk equals higher returns, Mm -hmm. in theory, um, there's expense risks, medical costs go up, repairs go up, replacement cars. There's longevity risk, Risk. you know, you live in too long. Yeah. Like at some point in time, I want my mom to die because she's becoming more and more expensive as the years go on. I know that sounds horrible <laughs> it to say. Does. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. You just look like a big jerk. But there's also inflation risk. Yeah. And inflation risk hits seniors more than anyone else because of the cost of healthcare and Medicare.
0: Right. Well, you have to expose yourself to some risk assets. Otherwise, later in life, you will subject yourself to a much lower lifestyle. The only way you can keep up with inflation is dealing with stocks, commodities, different types of investments. So if we look at inflation risk as an issue, that means part of your portfolio, part of your stock portfolio has to be overseas. The reason why is because when you're earning money, in over you know stocks from other countries or bonds from other countries you're automatically hedging yourself against a falling dollar which is where inflation comes from Okay, Higher commodity prices and a falling dollar causes inflation. So, in your overall portfolio, you need to have, of your government bond exposure, some of it needs to be in TIPS, Treasury Inflation Protected Bonds. And of your overall bond exposure, a decent portion needs to be in foreign bonds with a good, well-known manager that's been doing it for a while and has good risk-adjusted returns. And of your stock portfolio, you've got to have some good dividend-paying stocks from overseas as well. That's a good way to hedge against inflation um other risks that we have to hedge against is that that idea of longevity that you talked about right absolutely you know, i mean people used to retire thinking they were going to live till 80 85 now i've had uh three clients make it to past age 100 and i'm sure you i'll have had a lot three more. clients make it
1: over 100 yeah do you send them a gift <laughs> i should have send them a card like hey you're over 100 your life must suck
0: we had a client that uh, at 98 fell off over her ladder cleaning her own gutters that's crazy! I fell she, off my ladder. She broke her hip, and she was fine. You know, six months later. Wow! Tough old lady. Tough old lady. Yes, she was. She chew leather. So, 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 what's that? She chew leather <laughs> for breakfast every day. Leather Ooh. and bacon. Um, but you know, for longevity risk, that's why I say you know you you got to have a good portion of your overall income coming from income that you can't outlive. Yeah. Things like pension-type income, Social Security-type income, income that's guaranteed from you know either the government or, or some sort of a highly-rated insurance company. That's your longevity switch. There's actually longevity insurance that's being sold out there now that kicks in after age 85 and starts paying you a certain amount of money. Um, so there is ways to build that into your overall plan, that, that longevity risk.
1: Let me know how much time we have left, Mr. Producer, at some point in time. Timing risk. I think it's kind of a, one of the things that like people don't think about, but like the housing downturn caused a lot of people's retirements just calamity. Yeah, because they had this asset that was appreciated, appreciated, and appreciated, 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 and then the you know the 2006 real estate bubble popped, mm-hmm. and the timing it sucked to be a 2010. Time frame, you know, it I don't know if that makes any sense. What I'm trying to say it's just
0: because you know a lot of people, especially in the Bay Area, re- retire with a lot with rental properties, yeah. right? Yeah, and they have to do a very detailed retirement plan with their cash flow um, and saying that okay, my income I need is here. It's going to go up with inflation every year, and my portfolio is going in the last 15 years. So obviously, I'm going to have to start selling some of my properties. And if that is in real estate, you need to know. Ten years ahead of the game before you know you're going to need to sell real estate because real estate cycles cycle through every ten years. So if you're going wait, through, wait, wait. what do I mean, real estate cycles every ten every years? every ten years from peak to trough to peak to trough. Really, it's always a ten year type of a cycle. Okay, So um, or, or, stocks are very similar too. I mean, you have you know seventy percent of the time stocks are up, thirty percent of the time stocks are down. Bear markets, bull markets it's tend to last ten to fifteen years at a time. So everything cycles. So you know that okay, it's it's uh, 2012. I'm going to have to sell a rental property to replenish my portfolio by 2022, right? Okay. Let's say in five years you get what's really another real estate bubble. For example, I'm not saying there's going to be one, but it, let's say there is. Let's say everybody and their moms are wanting to buy real estate no matter what it's doing, and you know you you're at the top of another price point. Well, you might want to sell that property five years early and take advantage of that dip. In terms of your overall portfolio, to take out the timing risk, the timing risk when you're in retirement is you're living off of your portfolio. So the thing that will kill your returns and kill your chances of a long-term retirement in the long run is if you're selling stocks or bonds in a down market. Both have a lot of risk. In fact, in bonds, there's more risk now than ever that you're going to have to sell in a down bond market. Because we haven't had a down bond market for many years. And usually when the bond market's down, you get two years of negative returns. And so, the only way to hedge against that, you need three years' worth of your portfolio draws in cash. That's the only way that you're going to make sure that you don't time the market on the selling side. And uh, after that, every quarter on the upside, peel your gains to replenish the amount of that cash that you've spent. That's how you reduce the risk of timing in retirement. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com.
1: That's newfocusfinancial.com. Have you ever been on your way to the airport? Oh, by the way, check out Chad's new webpage, newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. There's a lot of good downloadables there uh, to get you on your way. Have you ever been on your way to the airport and you go, oh, I forgot my AirPods or, oh, I forgot, you know, uh, my cord, my charging cords. That's terrible. And you don't want... You don't want to go into the airport and think like, hey, I, you can get it there, right? In a vending machine. Um, but now Uber is putting cargo stores inside of some of their cars. So while you're taking an Uber to the airport, you'll be able to shop.
0: No way.
1: They want to sell snacks. About 30,000 Uber drivers in the United States, uh, United States cities have them. Snacks, AirPods, luggage, makeup, um, an Amazon Echo, Oculus Go devices. It's a funny concept, but will it add incremental? We- uh, will it add incremental revenue? I bet it does. You'll get ten percent back in Uber Cash whenever you uh, do a cargo purchase. It's it feels gimmicky, but gimmicky kind of works. You'll be able to buy a movie from Universal Studios for $5 or $10 and bundles for $15 and $20. Kind of like the idea. The move shows that the company's trying to make the riding experience more appealing over competitors like Lyft and Via. Find me online at Rob Black's show. Check out newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more. One of the things we're going to start hearing about from Boeing is, I don't want to use the word mia They've put together a $100 million fund to pay victims, and a lot like the 9-11 fund that paid victims of 9-11, they've put in charge Ken Feinberg, who his job is to figure out what people's dead bodies are worth and what the accident caused financial strain to families. It's a humbling statement, but again, it brings up, this is why I, I do what I do for a living. These are things we don't think about. I had a brother, David, who taught me, Early on, a lesson that I keep repeating, and I probably shouldn't because it makes him look like a slime ball, Uh, makes my family look wacky. And we are wacky. We're an interesting family. we were told to debate at dinner. And every night my dad would change the argument. So if one night you had to um, be pro-religion in schools, the next day you had to be against religion in schools. And he was trying to teach us how to see both sides of an argument. And how oftentimes it's not a black and white world. It's a world of overlap in gray and to this day i still see that but one of the things he taught us to do was to like learn to argue and my brother david went on to become a pretty successful lawyer he's now a judge it's pretty cool to say that a brother in your family is a judge and he's he's an awesome go-to guy i've got a couple go-to guys i've got a police officer friend that if me or any of my friends get into legal issues i could run it by him i was on the embarcadero maybe four or five months ago, and a bicyclist said I hit him. I didn't hit him. And uh, later that day, he went to the police and said that I I fled the scene. And I didn't. I I, I talked to him for two minutes at a stoplight. And I said, do you want me to pull over? And he goes, uh, he didn't say anything. So eventually I drove off. But before I drove off, he drove off. And I got video of him driving off because in my head, my brother David was saying, make sure you get a video that he's okay. Um, So I took a video of him driving off. And of course... 30 days later there's a police report the officer calls me and says hey you're in a lot of trouble you fled the scene you may lose your license i said i didn't flee the scene i, I, I didn't hit the guy I, I was afraid that he was trying to scam me and, and long term, story short i think he's trying to scam me so i've got a friend who's a police officer that i called and i said what should my statement what should i say he said exactly that if you didn't hit him say i didn't hit him oh and you got a video of him driving off and he said you fled the scene he just lied to a police officer I've got a brother who's a judge. A friend of mine who used to work on my radio a TV show years and years and years ago, twenty years ago. He got super drunk one night, and he's thirty eight years old or thirty six years old somewhere in that that area. And him and his buddies are like surfer buddies down in in Venice area. He got super drunk, and uh, I, I guess he could say he's kind of like that. You know, the crew from Jackass. You know how they do these crazy stunts? Skateboarders and surfers do crazy stunts. I know that's not a crazy world. But he decides to jump off his balcony and he actually landed on someone and probably messed up her life. I don't know the story. And he called me up and he said, you know, I might be in trouble. I said, well, let me give you a friend. And I I gave him my brother because my brother used to do this for a living. You know, my brother did an ambulance chase and at one point in time before he became a judge. He's done murder cases. He's done criminal cases. But in an ambulance case, chaser case, you got to find out how much someone's worth. You know, when I was 18 years old, someone rear-ended my car, and the insurance company said, that's worth $3,000. And um, I called my brother. He said, yeah, that's typically what it is. He said, but the problem is, you know, in 30 years from now, if you still have problems with your neck, you're going to say it was worth a lot more than $3,000. And my brother Dave, long story short, this was the lesson that he taught me. And you should, everyone should have people like this in their life. A police officer friend, um, a judge, maybe an attorney who's willing to, you know, for poops and giggles. Like, I've got a guy who, does insur- who sues insurance companies for basically trying to settle on, you know, lowballing you. And I've referred many people to him, and he gives free advice. But my brother Dave said, when I was 16 years old, he, and I know he was kidding, but at the same time, you he he, he know there's some truth in this. He said, if you ever, you know, r- run someone over with your car, put it in reverse and make sure they're dead. And you're like, whoa. He goes, a dead person is worth a lot less than an injured, maimed person. Now, that's not investment advice, but at the same time, it tells you something about our system. So Boeing's going through this now where they've appointed an attorney to basically say, how much is a dead person worth? Um, Boeing's going to have to change the name of that plane. I, I can tell you that they don't want American Airlines, Southwest, anyone who flies a plane doesn't want their customers on the plane going, let's say it's the year 2020 and the the plane's been approved to get back in the air and they don't want anyone saying, uh, I wonder if this 737 Boeing Max is going to crash like the other ones did. They don't want the stewardess to overhear it. They don't want the pilots to overhear it. They don't want the customers to overhear it. And yet people would say it. So you got to change the name. You know, I jokingly refer to like Marlboro. They changed their name to Altria because Marlboro... When the Marlboro man died of cancer, lung cancer, it was kind of like, whoa, that's a cancer stick they're selling. It's no longer just a cigarette. It's no longer a cigarette. It's, it's a cancer stick. So Marlboro changed its name to Altria. Kraft macaroni and cheese, Kraft, has probably killed more people than cigarettes have. Um, and I kid, but we are a fat nation who has heart disease and diabetes, and it's, it's taken toll on us. They changed their name to Model A, because craft is almost uh, a dirty word. Are you with me against me? Goldman Sachs raised its price target on Apple to $187 from $171. Issue there is it's over $200 right now. Goldman Sachs upgraded Hershey to neutral from Sell. That's like kissing your sister. Um, Sell to neutral? Neutral's not that good. Foreign purchasers of American homes plunged 36% as Chinese buyers flee the market. Interesting. A couple of years ago, we were talking about the Chinese were buying up as many assets outside their country as they could. Oh, Macri downgraded Wells Fargo to neutral from outperform. I own shares of Wells Fargo, and that one has been disappointingly sideways for two or three years. wish I didn't have it. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black's show. Check out the new website, newfocusfinancial.com.